this is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of christylittlejones.com, episode number 135. OMG, midlife, how did I get here? In today's episode, I'm sharing the beginning stages of my experience entering midlife and how this cycle of life has impacted my marriage and some of the things that we did to navigate this season and come through stronger than ever before. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Hello, I am so excited to be here and sharing this time with you. And today I wanna talk about marriage and midlife. <laughs> Never did we think that it would look so differently. And so let me just tell you a little bit about my story. So I've been married for 19 years this year. And my husband, Adrian, literally swept me off my feet 20 years ago when he just went above and beyond to to love me, to honor me, to see me and to encourage and support me. And it was something that I had always dreamed about. It was something that I always admired in other people's relationships when their husband really took the time to see them, to encourage them, to fan the flame of who they were, to really encouraging them to express themselves fully in the world. And life was amazing, right? Life was great. We had three babies in three years. It was kind of like a dream come true. And then I hit menopause and menopause really changed so much for not only me, but also for him. And it's because of these things that we're really trying to learn how to regulate and they're called hormones. With these hormones that kind of come out of nowhere, they come sooner than we expect. They they come and they can wreak havoc on everything. And less we have a change or a different perspective on how they really show up and don't give them power or authority to run and rule our lives. And so with marriage and midlife, there's so many things that come into play that I want to just address today. I can't address all of them, but some of the ones that were pretty significant in over the last eight years. 
of me and really not even eight, maybe six, six years over the last six years of my marriage. And one, it's, I didn't even realize I was going through perimenopause. And what that was, all that showed up was I was irritated a lot. Like my husband was getting on my nerves. Everybody else around me was getting on my nerves and I didn't know why. Initially I thought, okay, well maybe I just need a nap. (laughs) Maybe I'm just sleepy. Um, what's going on? Maybe I need to be more consistent with exercise because that's not normal for me. People don't regularly get out, get on my nerves because I love people. I love serving people, supporting people. So I just love people and I love being around them. But about six years ago is when things started irritating me a little bit differently. And then I started getting hot flashes. And so then I was like, oh, okay, this must be perimenopause. So I went to the doctor and they confirmed it. And I was like, okay, great. So now then with this newfound understanding or knowledge about this season of life that I was entering into, you know, I explained it and talked to my husband. And then we kind of over the last six years have stumbled along trying to figure out a rhythm during this season. Because even though I'm going through perimenopause, it definitely affects my husband, it affects my marriage and my children. And especially if there's not a level of awareness around it. So I've been doing more work and even research around understanding what's all going on physiologically, but then also emotionally and mentally. So things like you're forgetting things. I had a memory of an elephant where I used to be able to remember everything for everyone in my family of five. And as I got further into this midlife season, I realized that I was forgetting more and needed to put reminders in place like alarms on my phone and um, sticky notes and writing things down and not just relying on my memory for them. I started doing more brain games and, you know, trying to really attach habits to um, different actions that that I had throughout the day to help trigger my memory. And, and not to mention the the space of just growing and developing into more, a more clear identity of who you are. Because there are so many filters and layers that kind of attach themselves to our identity. Because for me in particular, just growing up a people pleaser, there were a lot of layers that I had to really work through to get to the core of who I was and really get to a space of confidence where this is who I am, this is what I believe, and whether you believe it or not, it really doesn't matter. So getting to that place was challenging and it took many versions or many renditions, <laughs> many um, many intentional moments of really expressing authentically, expressing through vulnerability and transparency to really show up to say, yep, this fits right, or no, this does not. And releasing the one that doesn't, even though that might've been something that had been a habit or might've been something that had been conditioned in my life for a period of time. And 
really having to let that go because it doesn't, it no longer fits. And that is tough for those of us who like routine, who those of us who do not like change. We don't like to reinvent, right? We don't like change. We like what's comfortable. We like what we know. We like what's safe. We like to know, you know, we, we like that comfort. And so as you grow into the different seasons of your life, you are almost forced to grow, right? But you're not necessarily forced to, but you're, you're, you're forced to at least confront it. Because if you stay the same throughout your whole entire life, throughout every single season, then you are really missing out. You're missing out not on the growth potential, but you're missing out on the amazing discovery of yourself through each season that you go through. And when you go through the different seasons, my season is midlife right now. So when you go through the different seasons, the, the things that I've realized that are critical, that are so important for you in your relationships, in particular, your marriage, is communication. There is so, I can't begin to tell you how important communication is with your spouse when you're going through seasons of uncertainty or seasons that are, that are new, that are uncharted territories that you're just like, I don't know, right? I don't know why I feel like this. It's important that you share these moments or these seasons with your spouse so that not only can they track with you, but that they can support you. They can go in it. There can go in it in the season with you so that you guys can come out on the same page because you can only imagine what going into a season alone, but you're married, going into a season alone looks like. And when you come out of the season, a different person, your spouse who's been waiting on the sidelines, waiting for you to kind of come back to this person that they knew, you come back differently. And then they're like, who are you? Where did you come from? Whereas, you know, and that's, this is why you have people who kind of grow apart because they, they think that they're doing their spouse a favor by not burdening them with whatever issues that they may be dealing with throughout their seasons, but nothing can be further from the truth. You guys are one. It's important for you to share what you're experiencing with each other because for one, so that you guys can stay together throughout the, the season, you can stay together throughout the process so that when you come through the process, you're still together. And then you're not so distant, you're not so far apart, you're not so just removed from the day-to-day -day or the intricacies, the emotional intricacies of what you guys are going through. You're not just so far apart from that. So communication has been one of the biggest blessings for me and my husband, for him to experience or really express what he's experienced through me going through this midlife season, for him to be able to hear where my struggles are so that he can support me, so that he can pray for me, so that he can check on me. And also it gives me a safe place to be able to share and be real and honest so that I can just say, you know what? I'm having a hormonal day. And then he, he knows what that means, right? And so for me, but again, in the beginning, I had to define that. And he's like, well, what does that mean? 
it means that I just want to go to sleep and I don't want to be bothered or <laughs> um, it just depends, right? It depends on the, on the day. And he had to really learn to be more flexible with his wife as I go through this season. And then what it did is it, it created more emotional connection, more emotional intimacy, because he created this space for me to just be. I didn't need to be the perfect wife. I didn't need to be the perfect mom. I could just be Christy in today, right? Whatever that day was, I could just be me. And then it was so freeing. It was so freeing to just show up as me, to feel accepted, embraced, loved, supported. He didn't love me any less. He didn't pull his love away. He didn't do any of those things because I wasn't acting the way he wanted me to act. And that is a a beautiful gift. And so when you go through whatever season you're in, if you're pregnant and for the first time, or the second time, because each pregnancy is different, right? Share the journey with your spouse, open up and vocalize how you're feeling. If you are, there been there were times when Adrian would look at me and he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And then he would just smile and, you know, hold me or rub my back or we'd laugh together because clearly hormones were showing up because if I don't even know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling and I can't even find the words or the, or the experience to be able to express it, 99.9% of the time, my hormones are doing something. And what I have since discovered is that your hormones change daily. I was like, what? No wonder, right? Your hormones can change so quickly. And I think it's even within the same day, they can change and they can be altered. And I was like, OMG, no wonder this thing can totally take some of us out because we didn't know that. We thought, okay, you know, it takes some, some time to change, but, but really, I think that just understanding that we are going through a season, we're going through a portion of our life cycle that we can embrace it. We can have a certain perspective that, that allows us not to hate every aspect of whatever journey you're in. So I remember when I was pregnant, I felt like I was pregnant for years and years and years. Cause again, three babies in three years, and the pregnancy piece was okay. You know, it was okay. I loved the, the, the aspect of pregnancy where I could feel the baby move. That was probably my favorite. I loved going to see ultrasounds and seeing them move and that kind of thing. Um, and I really loved the delivery. I loved the delivery piece of it because one, I knew that a baby would, would be born through this process, even though it was painful, even though... It, you know, I had to be really super focused. Um, I still loved that process. And so, but again, my husband went with me on the journey. I would share it with him when I felt bloated, my feet were hurting, when I was tired, when I felt nauseous, I would share all of those things with me, with him. Now, mind you, he might not have necessarily wanted to know that information, but trust, it really did help us grow closer and emotional, more emotionally connected when it was time to deliver our children because he knew what I had endured or he knew what he had to endure in order 
for us to really collectively together in oneness bring forth this life. And it's the same for your whatever season, if it's after pregnancy, and let's say you're dealing with postpartum depression, and it's still so important for you to share what you're experiencing with your spouse. If you're going through, if you have not been able to conceive a child and you are devastated as a result, share that with your spouse. If you are adopting and having a hard time just attaching and connecting with your child, share that with your spouse. Now, it's not for them to fix it. So guys that are listening, it's not for you to fix it. It's for you to better understand, to, that, to really better understand your wife, better understand your spouse, because it's not about fixing everything. And I know guys, that's their, that's their default many times is their default is to fix it, right? Because a lot of people are uncomfortable with the, the discomfort or seeing this, this, the discomfort in someone they love, right? They're very uncomfortable. So, but what this does is it helps with practice. It helps practicing the, the process of experiencing discomfort together, right? So you're practicing the experience of discomfort together, but then also you are studying one another. So this is one of the really foundations or fundamentals that I teach about really understanding your spouse, you have to study them. And when you study, it's not something that you just learn, right? You have to spend time listening, spend time investing, spend time engaging, spend time asking questions, listening for the answer, and then really applying what you know to your relationship and what you've learned about your spouse. Now, what's interesting is that we are changing constantly, whether we want to or not. So being married to Adrian year one is very different than being married to him in this 19th year. Complete different experiences because our experiences have made us who we are. So we have deeper connection. We have greater understanding of each other because of the experiences that we've had over the last 20 years. And so with this newfound understanding of your spouse, you're able to offer more support, compassion, empathy, so unconditional love, um, just serving them differently. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's the communication piece and the vulnerability and the transparency of what communication requires for you to stay one, to stay connected in and through all of the seasons that you're going to go through. So the midlife and marriage season that we're going through right now, it's paramount for me to share with, with A, how I'm feeling. It's a paramount for me to share, oh, today is tough, or I'm having a great day. And then he can see, oh, okay, great. This is awesome, right? Because I know one thing about our, our guys is that they like to know what the target is. And because we're moving targets as women, because we're emotional, and if we don't understand that 
sometimes our emotions lead us and make our decisions for us, then they are, they miss the target more than not because they're trying to hit the target based on what they know, but because we allowed our emotion to make our choice or decision for us, we've moved the target. And then when they miss the target and we yell at them or scream or, you know, respond in a way that they didn't expect it, one, it makes them hesitate. It makes them kind of retreat a little bit and like, oh, okay. And then they don't take action. And then we're frustrated because we want them to take action, but they want to take action if they know where the target is, <laughs> right? So communication helps you to really arm the, the relationship, arm the marriage and give insight to your spouse to better understand, oh, okay, she's a moving target today. You know what? Instead of me trying to figure it out, let me ask her, hey, babe, how can I serve you today? How can I support you today? What can I do to love you better today? And then you're just like, oh, wow, thanks for asking, right? And then you're able to tell them. And then it removes the frustration. It removes the, the potential blow up, right? Because we've moved our target and they they get, it's a win-win situation because they're able to hit the target because they've now asked the question because we've kept them engaged in the multi-layered aspect of our lives and our processes that we go through internally. And now they're able to pick out certain things to say, okay, I want to love my wife this way because she already told me she's having a tough day. So I cannot talk enough about communication, communication, communication is so, so important when you're going through whatever season that you are experiencing. Number two, grace. Grace is undeserved favor, right? Grace is what you give when it's really, it's, it's undeserved because there's been a level of disappointment a level of offense or discouragement or, you know, something has shifted, but you're offer grace because again, we're both human. We're going through something new. Every day is new. Every month is new. Every year is new. Something that we've never experienced before, right? And that we will never experience again, which is something that's really cool because, okay, today, is a day that I will never experience. I'll never experience again ever as long as I live because there will never be a day like today, right? So when we have this idea and understanding that, oh, okay, I thought she knew or I thought he knew that I liked this or I didn't like that or like that I did it this way or I didn't do it that way and he did it the wrong way or she did it the wrong way then there's a level of grace that has to be present in your marriage, in your relationship that just understands that, okay, they didn't know. And that's okay. So you thought they knew, but they say they didn't. And allowing grace, offering grace, really kind of reframing or re having a conversation where there's more clarity around the, the breakdown in what just has taken place is huge huge. So offer grace to each other. One thing that is really interesting that I just never really understood is how people in marriage can be so in love. They can be so in love that they want to get married. They go, they spend all this money to go get married, right? And then 
they get a divorce and they hate each other. They hate each other. I'm like, how does that happen? How does that happen where you love someone and then you end up hating them? I don't, I don't get that. And I think, you know, when I really try to rationalize because I've been married before and even with my former husband, we still love each other. We still will always, I will always love him. He will always love me. We're and because we shared a part of our lives together and there's, but I, I could never hate him because I, I, I spent such an important piece of my life with him. And so to honor him and who he was in my life at that time, there's love there. So for people to say, oh, I hate my former husband or I hate it really, when I was kind of rationalizing in my mind, what is that? It really is because the, the person who's saying that I hate them really struggles with forgiveness and forgiving them for whatever it is that they did or whatever it is that they didn't do is continuing to show up in their life, dictating their their happiness or dictating their joy or dictating just inspiration because they're stuck in the emotion of the past of what has taken place. And, you know, forgiveness is not easy for everyone because it takes a, a decision, one, and it takes an understanding and a relinquishing of the, of the pain, a relinquishing of the punishment that you want, that you feel that you are placing on that person because of the offense they caused you. When we hear all the time that forgiveness isn't for the other person, forgiveness is for you so that you're not continuing to live in the past. You're not continuing to live in the emotionalism of the offense of what has taken place, but that you can be free to be happy again. Because when we continue to recap or we continue to just go over and refuel the offense or refuel the, the event that took place. The same emotions of hurt, pain, anger, bitterness, resentment, whatever, shock of all, all of those come up again. All of those resurface. And the more we continue to talk about it, the more we fuel the negative emotion of the past, but we're present, right? We're present and this thing could have happened years ago. So that's why you can say, oh, well, I don't trust women, right? Or I don't trust men because you were cheated on when you were in high school and your first boyfriend in high school cheated on you. And now you are 40 and you don't trust men, right? Why? Because you're constantly refueling. You're constantly refueling your mind to believe that all men one cheat or their dogs or that I can't trust them. And you're fueling yourself because you're constantly staying in this space of remembering what happened to you when you were in high school. And this is going to now dictate your future. So now you can't even open yourself up to receiving a man in your life that can truly love you who's not going to cheat because you're fueling your mind with the negative experience from the past. It is, it's a very fascinating um, concept and idea. And it's, if people don't realize what they're doing, 
then they will get stuck in it. And we do it all the time, right? So we do it all the time where somebody does something or says something. I can't believe that, I can't believe that this person did X, Y, and Z, right? Now, this might've been a week, a week ago, right? So then something comes up and you have the opportunity to share it again. And so you share what happened two weeks ago or two months ago or two years ago. And guess what? Now the freshness of the negative emotion is right back in there. And then it creates these grooves, right? These like DNA grooves or these, these like this subconscious groove in your mind. So your subconscious trumps everything, right? Your subconscious are your deepest beliefs. So it's this deep belief from a negative experience that you've been holding on to for years, months, decades, that now continues to dictate your future. So communication, super important. Grace, offer grace. And really learning to forgive is key. Learning to forgive is critical and forgiveness takes practice. And so start with yourself. What can, what things do you talk about in your own mind that come up that you beat yourself up over, right? That those things you really need to work on forgiving. So a way that I want to challenge you or encourage you to start forgiving yourself first is look yourself in the mirror, look yourself in the mirror. And then I want you to really ask yourself a couple questions. One, I want you to not only look at yourself, but I want you to say things, look at yourself in the mirror, look in your eyes. And I want you to say, Christy, not you, but you put your name in, right? Christy, I'm proud that you fill in the blank. I'm proud that you started a podcast. I'm proud that you blank, right? Fill in your blank. Then you're going to do the second question is you put your name in. I forgive you for giving up whatever, right? It could be whatever it is. I forgive you for, but you need to be looking in your eyes in the mirror. It's interesting because many of you will look away because the looking in your eyes is uncomfortable because of the vulnerability of it. And those of you who already know you don't like vulnerability, just kind of prepare for that. But I want you to continue to bring your eyes back to yourself. And then the last question is, or the last statement is, I could put your name in, Christy, Betty, whatever. I commit to you that. I commit to you that. So the idea is that the first question, your name, I'm proud that you, you're really celebrating yourself and it's important for you to do that. And then number two is I forgive you for, and again, say your name, don't hold back the tears because if you're pressing into breakthrough, the tears are going to come. So I want you to forgive yourself for things from the past, from this morning from last week that you're still holding on to, forgive yourself. And then the last one is your name. I commit to you that it's so important that we make stronger commitments to ourselves 
than we do to others. Because usually it's the other way around. Usually we make stronger commitments to others than we do to ourselves. And this is an opportunity to have a very real, transparent, honest, hard, loving, even tearful or tear-filled conversation with yourself. Because now's the time for us to take action. Now's the time for us to really stop staying stuck in the past of the, the past experiences and giving all of our power away to the past, to our negative experience. Release it, release it. It's time to let it go, let it go. So if you held on for too long, if you were in a relationship for too long, forgive yourself, forgive yourself so that you can open yourself up to the new possibilities or the new opportunities of, of new love. Right. If you stayed angry at someone too long or if you didn't forgive or if you whatever it is, release it, let it go, let it go. And so learning to celebrate yourself, learning to forgive yourself and learning to commit to yourself are paramount, especially as we go through these new seasons. And again, you want to offer yourself grace. You want to take your spouse with you on the journey because it's it one it helps you guys to stay connected in and through the valley in and through the journey because yes many of us want to do it on our own even in marriage right we want to do it on our own or i don't want to burden our spouse and and but the thing is is like you may not want to burden your spouse but when you go through this valley by yourself what happens if you come out and you're like, yes, I did it. I did it. And they weren't a part of it. They're going to be like, what? You did what? And then you're going to be frustrated or annoyed or irritated because they didn't notice. They didn't recognize the work that you put in to get back to the top. Take them with you. And some people don't even know how to do that. So let me just address that really quickly. So how do you take your spouse with you in your journey? One, you've got to be courageous enough to be vulnerable and transparent. And as, I, as, as weird as it sounds, some people are not vulnerable and transparent in their marriage, period, right? Because they're scared and they're scared because they don't feel safe and they don't feel safe because they are living in the past experience that tells them that they can't be safe when they're vulnerable and transparent because the last time they did it, someone judged them, criticized them, you know, uh, ridiculed them and they went back into their shell and they're like, oh, never again. So now what does that mean? It means that you need to create a safe place for your spouse to be vulnerable and transparent. Husbands and wives have to create that safe space. And it really helps if you can share what your spouse does or doesn't do to make you feel safe. So if they like one of the things that I've shared before is that my husband's tone does not make me feel safe. So when he has a tone, I have to tell him, okay, your tone is, is making me feel judged right now. And he's like, what tone, right? He doesn't even know. I have to say this tone and I have to try to explain to him what it is that he's saying or how he's saying it that makes me feel judged. Now, this is feels... For him, it feels like all brand new, but it's, it's clearly something that he's 
had to work on and that he continues to work on because when his children tell him the same thing and the lady at the store when at the mall says the same thing sir have I offended you like he has to know that oh it's not everyone else it's something that I have to work on so he has been working on it and it's still a work in progress he is 100% better than he has been but it still comes out from time to time. So I have to tell him that doesn't make me feel safe. What this makes me wanna do is run away from you, not be around you, not talk to you. And then he can really learn what, what he does that makes me wanna retreat. So there's a two part process for creating this safe place. One, create the safe place, be intentional about creating a safe, a safe place. So what did that, that means do not interrupt when they're sharing something from their heart. Do not try to fix it unless you even ask or unless they ask you um, and do not uh, diminish it, right? So listen well, don't interrupt and try to fix it and try to make them feel something different. That's why people don't share being vulnerable and transparent because one, they either feel like you're gonna interrupt, you're gonna make them think or wanna think something differently as opposed to really just showing value and concern for how they feel. So when somebody shares that, just, wow, thank you. Thank you for sharing. How does that make you feel, right? Ask clarifying questions. It's not about, it's not about us, right? It's about them. They're sharing something that's very meaningful to them. Whether it's meaning to you or not, doesn't matter, right? Because this is your person that you said you want to do life with for the rest of your life. So, wow, this is really important to you. I hear that. How does that make you feel? And then they can start talking. Now what you're doing is creating a safe place for them to be vulnerable, right? So they're giving you a little bit more vulnerability. They're giving you a little bit more transparency. Now, what happens if they say something that you don't like? You don't, you keep that safe place. You keep that, you still hold that safe place for them. Wow. Okay. I, I hear you. I hear you. That's, that's really interesting. What makes you say that? Why do you feel that way? Right? Take yourself out of the equation. You're there for them. And then when the, you know, again, this is a mutual gift. This is a mutual practice of creating a safe place for your spouse, whatever season they're in. And then when the, on the flip side, if you guys are just, you know, normal daily activities, somebody says something that makes you not feel safe. That's when you can say, hey, you know, can I share something with you? right? You're asking for permission. Sure. You know, what you did or when you said that in front of the kids, it just, it made me, you know, it, one, it hurt my feelings too. It made me feel very judged. It made me feel like you were criticizing me as a mom or whatever, right? And then at that point, you can hear their heart. They can, you can hear them say, oh no, 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 that's not what I meant. Or I was joking. And then, you know, that's one of the things too, like jokes within between marriage, especially when you don't have the same joke quotient or whatever, <laughs> you know, you guys don't think the same things are funny. It makes it really hard. Right. So just be very honest and create that safe space for each other. So um, those are the things that really have 
helped so much through this process. And I have to say that Adrian and I are closer than we've ever been before. We are, I feel we're more on the same page than we ever have been before. And I felt like we were on the same page before, but now I just feel like there's a deeper connection. There's a deeper understanding. There's a deeper appreciation for each other. There's a deeper um, value. Like we have more value for each other and what each other offers and brings to the table. And I have to say that it has everything to do with these things that I shared about communicating well with each other, offering each other grace, learning to become professional forgivers, right? <laughs> become a professional forgiver because if you don't, it's, it's going to jack your whole life up because you're going to have to forgive all the time, whether it's not just with your spouse, but with your children, with your best friend, with your mom, with your coworker, with your, you know, your neighbor, like always, you're always going to have to learn how to forgive. So if you can become a professional forgiver by continuing to practice and practice and practice and practice, giving this gift that you do not want anything in return, or you're not expecting anything in return, right? You don't have an expectation of something in return, but you're giving the gift of forgiveness. I forgive them for hurting me, or I forgive them for um, not, you know, for offending me. I forgive them because I need to be free from it and I need to stop staying stuck in the past. So learning to forgive, continuing to create safe places for each other and continuing to ask and share for share what it is that you need. Ask clarifying questions. These are all of the things that are going to be so critical and important as you move through any season that you're going through. If you're moving, that's a season. If you had a baby or you're a grandparent or you are you're becoming an empty nester or you just bought a dog, like all of these are new seasons in your life and staying committed to being open and communicative is going to save your relationship throughout the season. And that is so critical. It is so crucial because at the end of all of life's happenings, Ultimately, we want to be in the space of happily ever after, right? In our own definition of what that looks like. So love you so much. Continue to thrive and being, be intentional with each other. Love each other deeply, uh, compassionately and unconditionally. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging, inspiring, supportive, and made you feel like you were not alone. So thank you for joining me. If we are not connected on social media, please come on over and say hello. DM me on Instagram at wife.wisdom. I'm always looking to give you the best content that supports you and serves you. So please send me your ideas for topics for podcasts, as well as let me know how the Wife Wisdom Podcast has encouraged you or how it has supported you and brought up aha moments for you. I read and value and cherish all of these testimonies that I receive from you. So please, please, please keep them coming. Lastly, would you please do me a huge favor and rate and review my podcast if you have not already. It really helps the podcast to be seen and found on all of the platforms. So in order to rate and review, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, please go down, scroll down to the very first episode. It will say, write a review. So you click on the number of stars and you write your review right there. 
Unfortunately, if you have an Android, there isn't an easy way for you to rate and review the podcast at this time, but I would still love, love, love to hear from you over on Instagram. Rating and reviewing helps get the word out about the podcast to other women who are also looking for wife wisdom. So please continue to share with your family, your friends, and of course, your sister circle. I so appreciate you and value your consistent listenership. So have an amazing week and I look forward to connecting with you next time. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.